you're listening to the Mental Detox Podcast, and I am your host, Leslie Flores. Hello, hello. Welcome back. This week, I have a very interesting topic for you, and you've probably heard about the term projecting, as in when somebody projects their feelings onto someone else. Think about a four-year-old who is afraid of the dark, and he'll ask you to come with him, walk him to his room because he's, you know, it's dark in there. And instead of saying, I'm afraid of the dark, he'll say, or he'll ask you if you're afraid of the dark. So rather than admitting and voicing his fear, he'll project it onto you and assume that you are the one afraid of the dark. And this is what we see in psychological projection, which is a defense mechanism that occurs when a conflict arises between your unconscious feelings and your conscious beliefs. And in order to subdue this conflict, you attribute these feelings to someone or to something else. In other words, you transfer ownership of these troubling feelings to some external source. You effectively trick yourself into believing that these undesirable qualities actually belong on someone else or on something else, anywhere but you, because they're not part of you. That is not who you are, not at all. And this approach is a way for our minds to deal with the aspects of our character that we consider to be flawed, but are so afraid to admit that we have these flaws. And so we protect ourselves by transferring those flaws to someone else. And we can avoid having to identify them and to take ownership of them. So we just don't deal with them. We transfer them, we project them to somebody else. And you might choose to overlook these flaws by taking every opportunity to spot them in others. So you know they're there, you you unconsciously or consciously know you have these flaws, yet you deliberately place them on other people. You project them on other people. And so you're constantly looking for these flaws in other people because you want to spot them in others to avoid seeing them in you. Projections are reflections. That's all it is. A projection is a reflection of what we are made of. Every person that we come into contact with in our daily lives act as a mirror to us. And it reflects, these people reflect these projections back to us. So we projected, and at the same time, this person that we're projecting onto acts as a mirror of those projections. So we're able to see the flaw, and we think we're seeing the flaw in someone else, but in reality, we're looking at our own flaw in this mirror, in this person that is now a mirror of our flaws. And not just our flaws, right? Like any feeling that we're having, any opinions that we have about the world, like anything that we want to, that we put out into the world, um, either by an opinion or a statement or any feelings that we're having, all of that, every everything that makes us who we are, we're capable of projecting those things onto other people. And so 
if we're looking at a projection as a mirror, a reflection that can show us, you know, those parts of us, that's when we kick in that helpful, that tool that we can use to make ourselves a better version of ourselves. Like when you look in a mirror, you do so with the intention of fixing your look, you know, fix your hair, you tuck in your shirt, you, you know, you pull your dress a little lower, whatever it is that you do in front of a mirror. Unconsciously, you're gathering information from your reflection in the mirror. We do it so normal and, you know, it's nothing like nothing extraordinary. So you just do it without even putting any effort into it. But you're gathering information about the way you look in that moment. And you're also making a decision of how you're going to fix your look by doing this to your hair or doing that to your clothes or fixing your makeup or whatever it is that you do. The same thing can happen when we learn to identify the things that we are projecting. You learn to identify those projections and these projections become a mirror that can help you look within yourself to see what part of you needs a little bit of fixing. Projecting emotions onto others is something we all do. Everybody does it. We've all done it to some degree and it has some psychological value, but it also has its drawbacks. You know, when you're projecting, we feel superior. We feel superior to everyone else because it allows us to overlook our own flaws while we're sim- simultaneously honing in on what we perceive to be imperfect in other people. So you see others and you can spot their flaws and then, you know, you're superior because they're the ones that are flawed, not me. And the other issue is that when this defense mechanism kicks in, it fails to address the underlying issue that we have ourselves. So either if it's a feeling that you're, you know, projecting onto someone else or an opinion about yourself and you're projecting it to someone else, as long as we continue to deny the existence of these feelings and these opinions, There is nothing that can help us overcome them. So the first thing we want to do is become aware of them, right? In the places, in the people, in the things that we have these strong opinions about. And we are, we've done it for so long. You know, we never really pay attention to the things we say because that's who we are and that's what makes me be me. But at the same time, it comes with a responsibility to pay attention to what I'm saying about who I'm saying it or who I'm saying it about, what I'm saying about what issue, because all of that is just a reflection of what's inside of me. My insecurities, my fears, my doubts, my joys, everything that I have inside of me will be reflected and will be projected in every opinion and every action that you take in the world in general. So, and it goes both ways. People project onto you and you project onto people. So people's opinions will reflect their own insecurities, not yours, because their perception of you is a reflection of them. And your perception of them is a reflection of you. So it goes both ways about people's opinions about you and your opinions about people. 
And this is, to some degree, a little bit comforting to me because I know that I am not people's opinions and people are not my opinions. So I can have this perception and this idea of who this person is and why this person does what they do. But at the end of the day, that is a reflection of what I am inside and how I see the world. And there's a story in the Bible that I love how they display these projections. And I don't know that I've ever even paid attention to it until now that I've been studying about this. And you can find it in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And this is David's story. This is that part when we see David and Goliath. And it's a famous story. We all know it, right? You got to face your giants. But right before David goes to face Goliath, there's a couple of things happening. So if you go 1 Samuel chapter 17, you find that Saul's army was set out and they were, you know, doing camp or encamping um, and they were facing the Philistines. So they're there, you know, he's got his army and, you know, they do what they do. So David was not part of the army. David was a young man. He was still, um, you know, working with his sheep, doing, doing his thing, being a shepherd boy. David kept going back and forth between his home and the camp because his brothers were there. And so he would, you know, um, bring food to them or, you know, just go check in and see how they were doing so he can go back home and report to his dad. So he kept going back and forth. He was always traveling back and forth. And it had been 40 days straight since Goliath came out to Saul's army and he, you know, started defying them and saying things and challenging them. And Goliath wanted Saul to send one of his men to fight against him. And 40 days had gone by and he kept coming out. And, you know, he's this big old dude, giant, right? So everyone was terrified of him. And every time he came out and spoke to them, they would tremble. They were so, so petrified. They were so scared of him. And on one of the trips that David took to the camp, and he took food uh, for his brothers that time. And so he drops up the food. And then he's like talking to some of the men there. And suddenly Goliath comes out again, you know, after 40 days. And he's like, okay, who's going to fight against me? You know, like, who's going to be that dumb one that comes against me? David heard Goliath's defying words. He paid attention. He heard. And so... He got curious. He was like, okay, so they want a man to a man to to go fight, you know, this giant. And then he also heard about the reward that this brave man could get if he killed the giant. So he starts asking around and he talks to a lot of different men there. And he's just asking about, hey, is this reward? Wait, hold on. Are you like, is this for sure? Are you sure that's what they're going to get? And they were offering a couple of different things. One among them was, you know, um, that they were going to 
um, pardon the taxes, you know, of this man's father, so they wouldn't have to pay taxes. You have to read it. It's it's um, it's really interesting how they framed the reward. But David is saying, okay, so they're looking for a brave man to go against Goliath, and this man is going to get these three things. And so he went around just making sure that he was hearing things right. In one of these talks, his brother, his older brother, overhears him talking and asking questions about all of, you know, what's happening with Goliath. And so verse 18, so first, first Samuel chapter 17, verse 28, sorry, not 18, 28. And it says, David's older brother, Eliab, listened as David spoke to the men, and he became angry with him. Why did you come down here? He asked. Who did you leave those few sheep with in the wilderness? I know your arrogance and I know your evil heart. You just came down here to see the battle. Those are David's oldest brother words to David. So he was upset, right? He was clearly bothered by the fact that David took an interest in talking to these people about what was happening with Goliath. But he says, I know why you came down here. You're arrogant and you're evil and you just want to see the battle. You just want to see the blood. David doesn't really pay attention to it. He's like, yeah, okay, um, whatever. And so he keep he walks away and he keeps talking to other people and he keeps asking like his curiosity is just like, over the top. He keeps talking to people about, you know, Goliath and like fighting and the reward. And somebody tells Saul that David is inquiring details about all of this situation. So Saul asked to speak with David. And verse 33 says, Saul told David, you cannot go fight this Philistine. You're just a youth and he's been a warrior since he was young. So again, no, you cannot. Like this is not something you're going to do, David. So after a while, you know, they got to talking and David convinced Saul to let him go against Goliath. And so he did. He went out there and I'm really just, I'm not doing, you know, um, I'm like cutting out a lot of details, but I just want to get to the point that I want to make based on today's topic. But this is a story you have to go and you have to read yourself because there's so much in here that we probably missed, you know, when we were, when we hear about this story and all we hear is just face the giant. But there's so much in this story that gets missed, that gets lost, you know, um, in translation. So, Here's David and Saul, and Saul is saying, no, you cannot go fight this Philistine. You're just, you know, you're young, and he's he has experience. You don't. So after a bit of conversation, Saul agrees, you know, and David gets prepared. He does what he needs to do before battle, and he finally goes out there. He starts heading into the battlefield, and then Goliath sees him, and this is... I mean, it's a little funny because we know the ending of the story. But verse 42 says, When the Philistine, when Goliath looked and saw David, he despised him because he was just young, he was healthy, 
and he was handsome. So Goliath is looking at him and he's like, really? Out of all those men, out of all those warriors, this is the one you're going to send? Okay, I gotcha. So I can almost see his arrogance, right? Like, oh boy, this is going to be an easy PC battle. And check this out. David's brother, Saul, and Goliath all projected how they felt and how they saw the world onto David. They assumed things about David. They had opinions about David's abilities, and they even questioned his motives. But none of these opinions had anything to do with David. They had everything to do with these people and who they were and how they saw the world. David was a mirror to them. Of course, they couldn't see the mirror because they were so into themselves, but David was a mirror to them of who they were, of how they saw the world. His big brother, he saw arrogance and he saw evil heart. Saul, he just saw lack of ability. And Goliath, he saw self-esteem issues. So his brother tells him, you, you are arrogant and you are evil hearted. That was not David's identity. That was what his brother had inside of him. Saul is insecure and he has no clue how to fight this giant. So he projects his lack of ability and lack of knowledge and lack of being able to just face this situation. And he calls him, you know, he tells him, no, you cannot do it. You are not able. So he reflects what he was feeling and he sees it in David. And Goliath sees a young, healthy, and handsome boy. Completely and just total self-esteem issues. Because he was this big old giant man, right? So they saw what they wanted to see in David. Their opinions about David reflected their own insecurities. They did not reflect David's true identity because that's not who David was. But their perception of him was a complete reflection of who they were. So your perception of me is a reflection of you. My perception of you is a reflection of me. When you're finally able to comprehend this, people's opinions about you no longer determine your worth. Like you're able to place opinions in their own bucket without carrying them and internalizing. And they stopped being a burden to you. Again, this goes both ways, right? My opinions about you are a reflection of me. And yours, your opinions of me are a reflection of you. So it goes both ways. And it puts into perspective how we reflect or we give what we have inside. You cannot give positive compliments when you have a negative mentality. You cannot give out what you don't have inside. Every opinion that you put out into the world is a reflection of how you see the world. So you see the world as how you are inside. 
And if you are in pain, if you are wounded, if you're still grieving, if you are feeling all of those dragging down sensations, you are going to see the world with eyes of pain. You are going to see the world with eyes that are seen through your wounds. You cannot put joy out there when you're you're still wounded, when you're still suffering inside. You have to dig in. You have to look at those mirrors. Pay attention to what the mirrors are saying because they have a message for you. Every time we judge someone else, we reveal an unhealed part of ourselves. And don't get me wrong, this is great news because this gives us information. It gives you information about where where you need to look into. It points you inward or it points inward for you to see those parts that require your attention. And it allows you to identify those insecurities that might be getting in your way. And this is where you begin paying attention. Be aware of the opinions that you have about the world. Be aware of the opinions that you have about other people. This is where you open your eyes. And this is not something that you're going to fix overnight. This is not something that just goes away because now you learned about it. No, this is the part where you turn on your flashlight and you start shining your light into that darkness. So next time you feel drawn to express a strong opinion about something or about someone, ask yourself, is it really about them or is it about myself? Ask yourself. Questions are going to make you be aware. And remember, you are not other people's thoughts of you and they are not your thoughts about them. And this is comforting because then you can really be who you were created to be. And if we can learn something from David, is this. He didn't allow those opinions about, you know, from his brother, from Saul, from Goliath to distract him from his objective that day. He knew who he was. He knew He knew his identity and he knew his mission. So he was able to stay focused. And sometimes you have to remember who you are. You have to have clarity of what your identity is. Because that's the only place where you'll be focused to not allow these other opinions to drag you down. So put that in place. Put that in practice. Learn from David. He, these other external opinions did not interfere with his purpose that day. And that is how we want to live our life. Purposeful, focused, and determined to go through and just do what we were created to do. I hope you've enjoyed listening in today. And I'm going to ask that if you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a review so that we can continue to grow this podcast. Thank you guys. Thank you for stopping by today. Please leave a review and head over to www.lesliflores.com to learn more about the Uniquely Confident School. 
an online community of faith-driven women determined to manage their mind and live confidently.